Tanya J. Power. Today I'm spending a few moments with best-selling author Brad Thor. I love to get that best-selling part. That never gets old, right? You love hearing that. It never gets old. Yeah, that's terrific. (laughs) Thanks for coming by and spending a few minutes with us. Oh, you guys are great. I love listening to the show, and I'm always on the go, so this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is, it's fun for me to be on this end of it now, to think about my wife and kids in the car, and they'll be listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about your new book, uh, Use of Force. I call what I do faction, where Mm -hmm. you don't know where the facts end and the fiction begins. Mm -hmm. I use real-life events as the jumping-off point for my thrillers, and in Use of Force, The real life event was several years ago, we hit a terrorist safe house. And in it, we found a laptop. It looked like it was just out of a Best Buy store. They fired it up. It looked pretty innocuous, nothing on it. But as they drilled down, they found that there were all of these hidden terrorist plots, stuff for New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Austin, Chicago, all across the country and around the world. And they freaked out. And they were able to figure out who it belonged to. It was so bad, they nicknamed it at the CIA the Laptop of Doom. And they figured out who it belonged to, but they could never find the guy. He's been missing for three years. So I said, this is great fodder for a thriller. Wait, well, that's the real part? That's the real story. Ooh, that's this a really scary. exists. Mm-hmm. So I have a refugee smuggler, a boat going out in the middle of the night from North Africa towards Italy. A storm hits and the boat sinks. And this guy's body in my thriller washes ashore in Italy and he gets ID'd and alarm bells start going off at the CIA because they've been very worried that this summer we were going to see a huge terror attack. Now the guy that is the architect of some incredible ideas for attacks has washed up on the beach. He's obviously was on the move. What was he up to? So they send my main character, Scott Harvath, in search of his trail to figure out and put it together. And that's the jumping off point, the opening pages of Use of Force. Wow. And you can read an excerpt on your on your website as well. At bradthor.com. You um, can. I love the fact that, I mean, you are constantly out there with new books you must write 24 7 i do i love it this is what i've always wanted to do since i was a little boy my dad's a marine my mom had been a flight attendant for twa back in the 60s and the glamour days and in our house the arts were something to make you better rounded not a career choice and halfway through college i switched my major didn't tell my parents because i didn't want them to know i was studying creative writing But it's that whole uh, road diverged in the woods, and I took the road less traveled by, and it's made all the difference. And that's completely true with me. That's pretty amazing. Uh, How often, how many books do you have out a year? So I write one a year. Mm -hmm. One year I did two. And I did a spinoff series about a group of female Delta Force uh, personnel uh, that's actually being made into a movie for Ronda Rousey at Warner Brothers called The Athena Project. Nice. Yeah, and you can read my books in any order. You can start with Use of Force. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can start anywhere in the in the series that you like. They're all meant to uh, repeat characters, but they're meant as standalone thrillers. Is that difficult to do? Because I know some some series you've just got to start at the beginning. There is no, or you'll be lost if you're starting in the middle. How hard is it to make sure everybody is on the same page no matter where they start? It's not that hard. What you'll find out is you have to be very careful and you have to bring people up to speed relatively quickly because readers who have been with you since book one don't want that repeated. They know the main character's history. So you have to be creative and you you can never do a cut and paste because your readers will go, oh my gosh, here comes the description. It's going to be two paragraphs of this guy's background. So that's part of the art of writing a thriller, uh, particularly with a repeat character, is not only how do I keep him interesting and reveal different parts of him in every book, but how do I give you a little bit of his background if the most current thriller is the first one you're ever reading? Are you one of these kind of guys who gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to start writing at 8 o'clock and I'm going to finish at 5 and I'm going to take lunch break between blah, 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 blah? Are you just one of those, you know... 
I'm not feeling it today. I'll just uh, whatever. Are you, which which structure is is more you? Well, Jack London. Uh, once said that you can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club, and that's <laughs> that's true. So I have a pay. I have a word count. I want to hit twenty five hundred words. That's five single space pages in a day. It's a lot, and I stay till I get it. Now, what's funny is I'll I'll run in the morning or go work out and then go into my office. My groove doesn't really kick in till later in the day. I'm a I'm a night owl kind of a guy, and so if if I'm on short time, if that deadline is looming, it's a few months away, and I know I've got to really pick up the pace. I'll spend later nights in my office, and the family's cool with that. But you really do have to force yourself. It's seat of pants to seat of chair. Wow, that's yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that would be the hard part. I mean, it's the you know what is it the old adage of a, I just sit there and stare at the paper until blood starts you know pouring, pouring out. <laughs> well, and that's what's funny. <laughs> is uh, you'll get you'll get uh, I know guys that have, uh, men and ladies who have had their books uh, put on the big screen and the actors will have suggestions and there's a great old line and I forget who said it but it was a screenwriter or an author saying to an actor oh you want to change something well where were you when the page was blank you know that's when I really needed your input yeah. is when I was staring at it and I couldn't figure out what to write how far ahead do you go how far in advance are you already looking I'm okay I'm planning five years in advance I've got these five ideas or what no I'm I'm one book at a time, a book a year, and my buddy Brad Meltzer, who's a great thriller author as well, Meltzer said that a thriller writer's job is to beat the headlines. So every year I'm trying to peer over the horizon and figure out what's the next big thing that's going to happen in geopolitics with terrorism. And I, I've been right on a lot of things, but that's because, you know, I'm listening to different podcasts. I'm, I'm watching the news constantly. I'm a voracious consumer of news and I'm putting it into kind of my own grist mill and then coming up with something that I hope will be timely. But then the spin on that, the trick with it is if you pick up a book of mine from five years ago, it's just as current and as exciting today as it was five years ago. That's the real skill is to make these stories fun, topical, but that they don't ever get old. Brad Meltzer is also a frequent guest of mine. And uh, I, he, his stuff is immediately what I thought of when you were talking about how you kind of mold things together. And you, it's all seamless of where today's stuff ends and where the imagination starts. That's 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 a real talent to be able to do that. I mean, you know, obviously, you the people who read your books agree with you. How many have you sold anyway? Do you keep up with the number? So over eleven and a half million, give or take. Give or take. Couple. That's what you know. That's what the. <laughs> that's what they tell me in the accounting department, Simon and Schuster, and my agent and stuff like that. It's neat because I'm in a bunch of countries around the world and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I'll travel to different places of the United States. I lived in Chicago. Now I live in Nashville. I've been down in Nashville, Tennessee, for three years now, and it's funny. How many people, if I'm walking down the street in Nashville, come up to me and they're like, oh, I saw you on Fox News or I read your books. I love it. We went on vacation down to the Florida Panhandle a year ago. And I had so many people on the beach. I'm walking along and I'm seeing all these Brad Thor books Mm -hmm. and it was really neat. And then we go to dinner and people are so polite in the South particularly folks from Nashville that we've met where the rule in Nashville is, is you don't bug anybody. So Nicole Kidman, Keith Urban, you don't bug them. And I remember going to a, uh, a parent teacher thing and it was a welcome to the new school with my children. And afterwards I had a few dads come up and say, we normally don't bug people, but we want you to know we love your books. They're great, but they were sweet. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice. It's always flattering to have people come tell you they enjoy your thrillers. That's kind of got to be kind of cool to walk through an airport and there's your book. And you know, that's neat too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that's not bad at all. Your website, has something on it that I thought was really interesting. 
the I'll call them toys mm-hmm. from your books yep. are on there where you can buy that. Explain this to people who haven't been to your website. So uh, at bradthor.com, I'm looking to enhance readers' experience of the books, and I want it to be fun. And I'm a real visual guy, so we were trying to decide. We've done these blog posts where I'll take you behind the scenes to a lot of the different places I go to to research the books, and we give you information about the cities and recipes for things that are in the book. But then I wanted to pull out the gear whether it was guns or sports cars or private jets. And we said, let's do it as a as a cool blog post and let's have links. So if you want to buy this you know, $65 million jet, here's the link to go buy it. And we thought that was just a fun thing. And readers have loved it because they're like, oh, I pictured it completely differently. In my mind, I saw it a different way and it's so cool to see this. So for each one of my thrillers, we do one of these, we call it a Top Gear uh, blog post. I loved that. I, I couldn't, I never would have thought of that. I think that the, my favorite one was, I don't know what the red car was, a Lamborghini or something. Uh-huh. It was, that's the one I would have clicked on. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm taking that home, but I mean, it, it is, it's an entirely different way to see what's in the book. And well, and that's what I like to do. I'm, tr- I'm So the readers are the people I work for. They are my bosses, and I want them unbelievably happy. I want them to love the books, but then I also want to continue that relationship, which is why I do the website in the first place, why I kick out a newsletter once a month. I don't bug people, but I try to put in stuff that I think they'll really dig, and it's to carry on the excitement and the thrill of the of the books. The social media, is that you or is that your team? It's me. Nope. That's all, all you. <laughs> it's all, Whether it's Facebook or Twitter, it is me. I answer all the questions. I communicate with readers and fans and 100% me. It is not somebody else. So when somebody tweets you and says, man, I, I really just couldn't get into your book. Do you doesn't happen that, that often. Okay, well, good, because I was hoping this was brand new for you and you'd never gotten that before. No, I, I don't I don't get that. I get a lot good. of... But, you know, you will have somebody... It's What's really funny is, is I'll have somebody come up and try to correct something. Like, they'll say, that weapon was never offered in that caliber. And I will tweet them back an article to say, actually, there were six made. And they went to heads of state. You know, the Saudi royal family got one. You know, President Bush got one, whatever. And so it, it's fun, but I am customer service. I mean, I'm, these are the people I work for. You got something you want me to hear? You hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, and and we're going to talk about it. I answer every single Facebook post and every tweet. But don't come for Brad Thor unless you know your stuff. Right. Well, it's it, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, that's and then sometimes you get questions where people say, "Well, why did the guy turn left out of the building and right out of, instead of right?" Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff where it's just like, "That's what my muse told me to do." Mm-hmm. So I don't get into kind of the nitty gritty about that kind of stuff. Um, but I am happy. The cool thing is, is you'll get people that say, "You know, I'm no longer an active Marine, but I was there at the time you were writing about, and that's exactly the way it happened." Wow. I want to tell you that in the gear. That that your Marine was carrying in this one scene or somebody from the CIA will say, you know, that problem that happened at the CIA actually did ripple to this embassy in Italy, uh, to our embassy in Italy. And what you predicted was going to happen totally did happen. So that's the fun of social media is that you get this back and forth. It goes beyond the books. Ever get writer's block? Yeah, it happens. I got writer's. So I wrote a book about an attack over the 4th of July weekend in New York City where they hit the bridges and the tunnels and sealed off New York so they could pull off a very, very high-end operation inside Manhattan, keep all the emergency services busy with the bridges and tunnels. And um, I had, we had moved. We had been living in Park City, Utah. We moved back to Chicago. My wife had been a doc for the U.S. ski team. 
And so much was going on, and I had writer's block. And I searched and searched for an answer. And I found it. I wish I could remember this author's name. She has a blog. Uh, She helped me unbelievably, and I feel terrible that from years ago I don't remember the name of the blogger. But she said the best cure for writer's block is to give yourself permission to write a crummy first draft. Take the pressure off. Write it. You can go back and fix it. And what you'll find is is that if you take that pressure off, you're going to write a great first draft. But stop pressuring yourself. Stop worrying about it. You can't fix a blank page. Amen. Amen. You know, I could keep you here all day. We could just chat about books (laughs) and and toys on the website and the whole nine yards. But I know you got other stuff to get to. Please come back and see us again. Uh, It'd be my my honor to come back. And if Brad Meltzer comes back before I do, you tell Brad I said hello, okay? (laughs) We need you both here at the same time. Wouldn't that be fun? Double the Brad. I like it. (laughs) I'm I'm on it. I'm going to email him about that today. I appreciate that. Perfect. Best-selling author Brad Thor. His new book is called Use of Force. Check it out. And as well as the website, bradthor.com. Amen. That's there it. There we go. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This has been a few moments with Brad Thor, and this is Fox News Radio. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.